Please remain standing if you're able and turn in your Bibles to the book of First Chronicles chapter 12. Before the choir goes, I know you're about to go, just freeze. Today we're going to honor our volunteers, but I want to take just a moment to say thank you to the people on this platform and everyone who serves them from the back of the house. Would you thank them every week, practicing early, late, standing, singing, worshiping, leading us into the presence of God. Thank you. Give them a really big round of applause. This is a tremendous level of commitment. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. First Chronicles chapter 12, while you're finding that. After the service today, you've already heard this, but please go after the altar service uh, to the Family Life Center and just examine, take a few moments to walk around and explore the small groups that are going to be offered. We had an amazing number of people after our first service. Go back, and uh, as an incentive, we have a little treat for you back there. How about some ice cream before you go home today and some wonderful fellowship back there. Our small groups do give us an opportunity to connect with one another in the church in a community the Bible calls fellowship, something very special that cannot exist outside the body of Christ. But also it gives us an opportunity to meet with our unchurched people on common ground, believing that we can lead them to holy ground to find a relationship with Jesus Christ and be saved. Ultimately, that is the mission of our church. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1. Now these are, the, these are they that came to David to Ziglag while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers, of the war. They were armed with bows and could use both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow, even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin. Verse 1 tells us about these mighty men, that they were helpers of the war. That's my subject today. You may be seated. The spiritual life of Atlanta West Pentecostal Church and every local church around the globe is fueled by the amazing energy and commitment of dedicated volunteers who serve in ministry. This church is notable in having an amazing army of men and women and young people who have found their place in the body of Christ and they serve willingly and their reward is to see your life changed, to see God move in our midst, and to see the kingdom of God advanced. They give their time, their talent, and their financial resources, their treasure, to advance the cause of Christ in the city of Atlanta and at Atlanta West Pentecostal Church. They are much like those mighty men who came to the assistance of David when he was at Ziklag. They are helpers of the war. We have an amazing volunteer army, and if you are new to Atlanta West, we have a number of first-time guests here today. You're welcome here, but I want to tell you that this church is an amazing church of committed people. 
You heard about our Sheaves for Christ sacrificial offering that was given a couple of weeks ago. It is unprecedented in our church and in the 4,500 churches of the United Pentecostal Church. There has never been an offering like that given. And this from an amazing group of people who are dedicated to Jesus Christ and they love this local church. Thank you. Give yourselves a hand for understanding what commitment is. But right now, I would like to invite everyone who serves in a volunteer ministry at Atlanta West to please stand. If you don't mind, please stand right now. Some of our volunteers are in the first service. Some are serving in the back. Would you give all of these people who are volunteers a round of applause because they are helpers of the war. They are amazing men and women and young people. They, along with our 301 leaders who help direct traffic and lead ministries here, our pastoral staff and paid staff, they serve with us. And we have at last count, which was yesterday, 347 volunteers who serve in 865 places of ministry. That means there's a lot of people serving in a lot of places that are sold out to Jesus Christ and dedicated to this local church. And I thank God for them. You make a huge difference to lift the load of ministry in this church. My grandmother taught us that many hands make light work. And it's such a great thing to serve alongside you and to see the spirit of Jesus Christ exemplified in servant leadership and ministry in this church. You see, there are people in our church who are not part of this volunteer army. You did not stand a few minutes ago, but I want to say thank you to you. You may not be able because of a family situation, your season in life, your job schedule, some legitimate volunteer issue that prevents you from serving. And I want to say thank you to you because many of you are faithful to this church. You are giving of your resources and tithes and offering. You are part of that sacrificial offering. You love the Lord and this church. And I want you to know that my mission today is not to make you feel miserable because we thank God for you. But we also know that it's the volunteers of this church who really fuel the future of our ministry here. Now let me tell you about David and his mighty men, helpers of the war. David was at a very unique season in his life, a time in between. He had been anointed by Samuel the prophet to be the next king of the nation of Israel. But he was not yet king because Saul was still alive. He was the reigning monarch. And David determined that he would not touch God's anointed. He would not attempt to take out that ruling king because he had such great respect for authority. So David is in somewhat of a no man's land. Saul in his insecurity despised David, really tried to hunt him down like an animal and kill him because he felt so threatened because of David. On two occasions, David had the opportunity to take Saul's life, and he refrained from doing that. So Saul had nothing to fear, but it was the fear in him that fueled his paranoia toward David. So here is David. He's at Ziklag. He's anointed to be king, but he's not yet king. And he needs some help to kind of survive in this season of uncertainty in his life. 
And there are a number of mighty men who come. Those are the in debt, the discouraged, those who were kind of the outcasts of Israel that came to David. But in this particular chapter, there are 23 warriors who come to help David and they ally themselves to him while David, as I said, is at Ziklag. These are mighty warring men. And in the neighborhood of 1 Chronicles 12, we learn about these men and some of their feats of strength and expertise in all kinds of warfare. If you're a guy, it's some of the coolest stories in the Bible because these men were incredible men of war. And I don't have time today to go into the details of their amazing military abilities. But you need to read it after church. Please, not now. The first thing I want to tell you about these men who came to David at the stronghold in Ziklag is that they were well equipped for war. The Bible tells us in verse 2 of 1 Chronicles 12, just this first phrase, that they were armed with bows. They were helpers of the war because of their armament that they had. Now you really have to go back and think about this. But for centuries of ancient history, warfare was conducted at close range. It was fist to fist, knife to knife, sword to sword, and maybe just for a little distance, spear to spear. But when some guy got the idea to invent a bow and an arrow, now they had the ability to affect the battle at a distance. So now a man with a bow and an arrow, even a primitive longbow like a lot of people are going back to now to do some primitive weapons. I I grew up shooting a longbow with my dad and my uncles, and it was kind of a cool thing. But these guys were amazing with the bow. You can imagine they didn't have carbon arrows or aluminum arrows. These were wooden arrows, but these guys were amazing with the bow and arrow. And the Bible says that they were armed with bows. They had the most modern equipment available, and they knew how to shoot them, and they knew how to take you out. And the Bible said that they came to David. They were helpers of the war. You know, the Bible tells us some stories about some people who were taken out by archers. King Saul was actually killed by an archer. King Josiah was taken out by an archer. There are men in the Bible that were killed by the bow. And David, after the death of Saul, lamented his death and the death of Jonathan. And then the Bible said that David bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. We've got to get these guys up to date and teach them how to shoot a bow because that's obviously the most modern method of warfare that we have in our day. So I want you, first of all, to know that the men who came to David at Ziklag, they were well-equipped with the most modern equipment, and they were able to shoot a bow and affect the battle at a distance. You tell I'm kind of jazzed about that idea because it's pretty amazing. But I want to tell you about the people who serve in ministry at Atlanta West. They don't just show up and give it a sloppy effort. The people who serve in ministry in this church are much like David's men. They are helpers of the war, but they are well-equipped. They take ministry very seriously. When we announce welcome to the family that Brother DJ celebrated for us today, 
That's not just a thing we do. It really is a first step toward finding your place to put a bow of ministry in your hand and shape the future of the kingdom of God to affect the battle at a distance. And those people who serve in ministry that are seated around you and behind you and serving all over our campus, they are people who are not just here kind of just for something else to do, but they're well equipped to serve God and this local church in ministry. In the last decade or more, Everyone who serves in ministry has been through Welcome to the Family. And then they've gone through additional training. I want to thank those of you who have read extra books, gone through extra training, gone the second mile, taken classes, and the dedication that you show toward ministry, that you take it very seriously. You are helpers of the war. I grew up in the church and I had the privilege for eight years when I served in the General Youth Division to travel across our country pretty far and wide. And I've seen a lot of things in ministry, some really good, some not so good. I'm aware of the thinking that existed years ago. Thank God it was not at the church where I was brought up. But it was kind of like this. Well, just show up and do the best you can. You don't have to practice. You don't have to really be good. You can plink on a guitar. You can sing even if you can't carry a tune in the bucket. Just kind of slop it out there. And God will love you anyway. Well, I don't know about you, but I believe we ought to give our God our very best. That we should serve Him according to His excellent greatness with our excellence. So whether I'm receiving the offering serving in the sound room, working back in children's ministry or the parking lot or the platform, wherever I serve, I ought to be equipped with the very best ministry that I can develop in my life. And I want to say thank you to the people who take ministry seriously that it is important to you to be your very best for the glory of God. Amen. It blows my mind to see people who serve so many places and yet they love God and they see the value of affecting eternity by serving in the kingdom of God. The men who came to David, helpers of the war, were equipped with the most modern warfare and they were very good with it. This same verse, verse 2, tells us they were armed with bows and could use both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow. If they were baseball players, they could bat from either side of the plate. They could catch with their right hand or their left hand, and they could throw with either hand. They weren't southpaws like me who were limited. They were really good regardless of what was going on in their life. They were versatile men of war. In other words, from very early in their life, they learned how to develop what would have ordinarily been a weakness into a strength so they could bring it to the battle and be helpers of the war. I hope you see a picture of that. Maybe they're in battle. And they're wounded in one arm. That's okay. They can move the sling to the other side of their body. And they can sling that stone with just as great an accuracy with the opposite hand, what would normally be their weaker hand, as they could their stronger hand. They were helpers of the war. Decades before David's day, 
But men of Benjamin were heralded, heralded because they could sling a stone. You know, the modern slingshot, you know, looks kind of like a Y. But that ancient slingshot that could shoot a stone at great distances and kill a giant, right? David did. It was not some little kid's toy. It was a weapon. They could put a rock in a cloth, and they could sling it. And when they released it, the Bible said they could hit a target at a hair's breadth and not miss. Now, I don't have a lot of hair, and the ones I have are very fine. My grandfather, if you asked him how he was doing, he said, I'm fine as frog's hair, split three ways. That's really fine. These guys, with their right hand or their left hand, could put a rock in a sling, and they could hit a gnat at 100 yards, not really. They could hit a target within a hair's breadth and not miss. Sounds to me that they didn't just come to the war and just kind of do whatever. But day after day, hours and hours, they were in the practice field, amen. They were trying to do their best. So when they were needed, they were able to step up to the plate. And they were not just skilled and equipped, but they were versatile. Wow, these guys must have been awesome. But I love the people who serve in ministry here. It's wonderful to have specialists. And we live in a day of specialists who can do one thing really well, and maybe that's all, and that's good. Thank God for specialists. But in a church environment, isn't it great to have someone who says, well, you know, if, if I can't use my right hand, I'll use my left. I can sling a stone, shoot a bow. I can usher. I can sing. I can work in the parking lot. You just tell me where I'm needed, and I'll find a place to serve. Amen. You don't have to go to a school to learn how to push the trash down in the trash can or pass the offering basket, you know. But it's just saying, help me find a place to make a difference in this war against the kingdom of darkness. Sign me up. I'm going to equip myself, and I will be versatile to be used wherever I am needed. 347 people serving in 865 positions of ministries. That's just a tiny fraction under an average of 2.5 places of ministry that an average volunteer serves in our church. Obviously, some serve in more places, some serve in fewer. What a volunteer army, helpers of the war, that bring their skill set, they bring their equipped life, and they're versatile, ready to serve wherever they are needed. You see, we have some amazing people in our church. They are professionals, many are educated, they've got all kinds of things that they do. But when they come to church, if you are looking at pay grade, they serve in places of ministry that we would say are far below their pay grade, but it is not below the spirit of Jesus Christ who came to this world to be a servant. I cannot tell you how thankful I am for people who are not afraid to get their hands dirty in ministry, who are not afraid to do whatever it takes to advance the cause of Jesus Christ. They are helpers of the war. Today, we're going to honor some of those amazing people who are helpers of the war. And because of like this, we're winning. People like this, we're winning. And if you've read the back of the book, you know because of them, we win. 
So I'm going to take a little while today to thank specific people for specific things that they have done in our church. And I have to tell you that, that I don't have time today to honor everyone. And I'm sure that we've overlooked some people who are deserving. And we try to think of different departments and people and honor them every year. But I just want to tell you today that regardless of a person standing on this platform, seated in the pew, you are around some of the greatest people that I have ever met in my life who love Jesus Christ and they love his church and they serve, they serve God by serving you. The first thing I want to do today before I get into some second mile awards, I want to present a lifetime achievement award to a person who has served in ministry in our church for over 34 years. Would you please welcome to this platform Sister Donna New as she comes right now. I ask Sister New to stay here. Thank you. You know, they say that uh, you can't make new old friends. I love and thank God for everybody here. But long before I became the pastor, there are men and women who built this church. And uh, they're the founders here who were here since 1961. Then there are people like Sister Donna New and her husband Ray, who have served here 34 years of ministry. I've been here 24 years as of last week, and they have been some of the most faithful people in our congregation. They dedicated themselves to prayer and fasting, to generous giving, to Bible reading, and to a place of ministry where they can make a difference. In fact, Ray and Donna sought out a place of ministry that did not even exist. They bought their own DVD camera and started a video on our services when we did not have the capability of doing it way back then. Sister Donna, like Ray, stable, steady, reliable. Back in the day when we would print contribution statements, it would be page after page of commitment to every area of ministry in our church. Not only were they generous in the amount, but they gave to everything. They supported this church. They support this church in every way. She's one of those people you never have to ask. You know, I wonder if Sister Donna's living for God this week. She's living for God. I wonder if she's going to show up to serve today. Never worry about that. Always faithful. Is she going to be on time? No question about that. Will she be prepared? You better believe it. Sister Donna knew exemplifies the spirit of serving that Jesus taught every one of us to practice in our lives. Others who serve on our team have recognized the value of Sister Donna and Brother Ray and their daughter Katie. We're honoring especially Sister Donna today. Uh, many of you know that Brother Ray knew passed away on March 26 of 2018. Uh, and I wanted to kind of make this, I wouldn't have done it just for this, but uh, Sister Donna's elderly mom and much of her family lives in Livingston, Texas. And they're going to be transitioning to move there where she grew up to a very strong, good church and a lot of family support for them. 
Now, she's not really old enough to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. But since this may be my last chance to really do that, we thought this was the right thing to do for a person who is very deserving. And I want you to know, and I know I've said this to you and Katie privately when we met to talk about this, but we will miss you and we will never forget the difference that you and Brother Ray have made in this church in so many, many ways. I appreciate you for that. <clears throat> Amen. Now, let me tell you a few specific things. For years, Ray and Donna would video every Christian school graduation we had. And they'd give that video to the graduates as a gift. They kept a list of people in our church who were not able to come to church. You know, through the years, we called them shut-ins. And they would make sure that a, a copy of the service was mailed to them so they could watch it in their home because they were unable to come to church. Brother Franzen noted that they've always been faithful to prayer meetings at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings there praying. Sister Bethany Jones noted that the news had been tremendous friends to them, to she and Jason, through the years. And when her parents passed away, that Ray and Donna were so dedicated to them as friends at being a part of that funeral, going above and beyond what would be expected to reach out to them as part of the members of our church. Through the years, and you'll hear this more than once, they've taken off multiple days of work. They would be at every funeral visitation when it was possible. They would be at the funeral service taking off work. They would video the service. They would go to the gravesite and video that. They would take, pic take pictures of all the flowers that were given to a family, and they would give all of that as a gift to the family. It's um, impossible to calculate how many days of work they've taken off to come minister to someone else. Ryan, who serves as the director of our production, Sister New, serves on his team, talked about the passion that Ray and Donna had to start this video ministry on their own with their own camcorder and streaming it in HD long ago. You know, they did that for the sake of so many people. And he mentioned graduations and weddings and funerals that they were a part of. And when Ray was alive, you know, he would always make sure that... Um, that people who needed help got help. They would take people in their homes who were trying to get on their feet and give them a place to stay very inexpensively. So I just want to say today that there are many, many people in this church who love God and they love church. And through the years, you've not just taken a lifetime break, but you've been a lifetime achiever of commitment to Jesus Christ. It isn't because you don't go through times of difficulty or sickness or hardship. Maybe there's a time when you're not able to be at your full capacity. She went through a season of sickness a few months ago. And, uh, you know, we prayed for her, and I thank the Lord. Probably a miracle of healing for Sister Donna New. But I want to say thank you again to her and to Brother Ray and to Sister Katie and to everyone who she represents as lifetime achievers at Atlanta West. Would you give her another round of applause today? Amen. Now I want to give some Second Mile Awards. If you're new to Christianity, you may not want to know where Second Mile came from. In the days of Jesus, a Roman soldier could conscript you, could force you to carry his gear one mile. 
But Jesus said, if someone compels you to go a mile, when you get to the end of obligation where you're no longer required to do that, blow their mind and go the second mile. The first mile is out of obligation. The second mile is out of love and a demonstration of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So today I want to give some awards to people who have gone the second mile, mainly in specific situations in ministry in our church. They are helpers of the war. They're equipped and they're versatile. Would you welcome Kaya Jones to the platform right now? I thought there would be a bigger fan club, you know, like, yeah, there we go. Kaya is a young lady, but she serves in Hope Ministry. She's been a P7 Bible study leader. She serves in the crowd band. She went on a missions trip. She sings in the sanctuary choir. She's on the welcome team. And she also serves in chips. And I may have missed something because it's a long list. In the chips... As a CHIPS volunteer, that's children in the power zone if you're new. Since August of 2015, she's assisted Sister Kinsey. And Kinsey said she's been consistent and hardworking since she joined the team. She upholds her commitment and passion and never complains when she's asked to fill in for someone. She submits song suggestions because she's engaged in the process. She's always prepared. She remains diligent in ministry, and it would not be the same without her. Kaya, thank you for dedicating your talents to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know the Lord has a great future for you because of your commitment to him. Would you congratulate Kaya for her second mile spirit? I'd like to honor a couple today, Russell and Cherry Robinson. Would you please come to the platform? <clears throat> now you can tell... They're slackers because they skipped out of chips to come up here to get this award. I don't know what to do with y'all, you know. Uh, I appreciate these folks being in both services uh, today for this special time. John Turner and Tessa, who lead our young families, and Brother Brad Fain, our family pastor, said the Robinsons just never stop serving. They volunteer to help in so many areas. They consistently show up for young families' events, crossover events, and CHIPS events, Children in the Power Zone. Ryan mentioned that they're incredible parents and volunteers. They keep their kids active in their school, but they're always volunteering to help out at church, and they don't miss church functions because of school and other kinds of functions. Sometimes Brother Russell has had to work all night long and then turn around and come be a part of a church event because they're dedicated to this local church. 
They're engaged in their kids' lives. There are three boys, and they parent very well by setting guidelines, making sure that their kids are protected from things that some parents may not pay attention to and are sort of asleep at the wheel. Those are my words today, and are overlooked. But Russell and Cherry are not. They're committed to their ministry and to their kids as well. They're model parents because they know how to put God first and also include their children as part of the ministry in which they are involved. I want to just say this for a moment. I've grown up around people who were so involved in the church that they neglected their family. And that's over the top. That's the ditch on one side of the road. But there's a lot of people that are on the ditch on the other side of the road that they've, their kids have never seen them invest in the kingdom of God. And they don't know that the value of the church is what really matters when this world ends and eternity begins. It's what you do for Christ that will last. We like to say you can do this and that around here. And thank you for typifying that, that you can be sold out to Jesus Christ and let your boys be part of the ministry in which you're involved. Our evangelism pastor, Brother DJ, said, Cherry brought her three boys to the church at 9 a.m. on Monday, the Monday before school started. She and a group of other church members went to four different schools, took donuts, prayed with teachers for the upcoming school year. Then she helped facilitate our church, giving 60 students at Turner Middle School binders and composition notebooks because we heard that they had a need there. The school counselor posted a picture of our church card on Facebook and wrote how thankful she was for our church. We thank God that we're making an impact in our community. More than once, as I understand, they spent the week of their anniversary serving at junior camp ministering there with all the kids. So I want to thank both Brother Russell and Sister Cherry, but I also want to thank Dylan, Maddox, and Robinson, uh, Barrick, right, Robinson, right, sorry. Their last name's Robinson. Dylan, Maddox, and Barrett for being amazing helpers of the war. Would you thank them right now? And if your load's too heavy to carry, call Brother Russell. Would you welcome Brother Ricky Barker to the platform, also known to some of you as Jamie. Brother DJ's helping him so he doesn't trip. Yes, thank you. He serves on our production team, uh, mainly in sound. So that's why uh, Brother Ryan Johns wants to talk about him or share some things that we kind of wanted to highlight today. Serves on the media team. He's always willing to serve. And sometimes he has to be told, you know what, you really need to go home. You've been here long enough. Wendy's thankful for that. No, no, she's actually in the boat with him. And just, just you know, FYI, before coming to Atlanta, they served in a daughter church, in a home missions church, where every Sunday for years they set up and tore down, and they were the right-hand people, the, the ones that really made that church go in North Carolina. And thank you for doing that as well, because you had a servant's heart before you moved to Atlanta, not just a part of a larger church. 
He makes things work. He's dependable. He communicates. He's always looking out for what is best for our church. Recently, he came and took our old sanctuary keyboard that had two broken keys, took it home, tediously took it apart, found the part numbers, sent the links to Ryan, got the parts purchased and helped manage that project of getting that keyboard going again, saved us a lot of money. He took the initiative by seeing need and did something about it. By the way, I like people like that who see a need and do something about it. They are helpers of the war. He's helped in a lot of different things. And recently when all these changes were taking place on the platform, he showed up at a time when a lot of extra help was needed and pitched in on the remodel. He helped move things around, get ready for that Wednesday night when it wasn't quite done. And then he came on Saturday 30 minutes early before a rehearsal to help make sure everything was ready to go for Sunday. The week before, he was in the Family Life Center with Sister Wendy, his wife, helping get her classroom together. And they spent quite a bit of time working on those projects over the course of the week. Brother Ricky Barker is skilled. He is versatile. He is a helper of the war. He gets the big picture of servant leadership. Would you give him a hand right now and thank him? Better safe than sorry. Help him down. The next volunteer I'm calling is Brother Donald Douglas. Would you please come to the platform? I would have been disappointed. <laughs> he serves in the band. He and Sister Mir started our Spanish ministry, the brother and sister Ray is pastor today. He's a pastor's prayer partner on our ambassador team. He's an amazing photographer. His sister kind of brought to the attention what other people said. He has a ministry called Bread and Ball. Sunday night, 7.30, opens the Family Life Center teaches a Bible study to young men in our community, and then our gym is open for them to play basketball. They're not all church members. You know, some of them may never be a part, but they have an opportunity to hear the Word of God and to see a Christian gentleman welcome them to our local church. And that's especially what we're thanking him for today, for bread and ball. Thank you for going the extra mile to make sure that that happens for us. I want to just also say a couple of things. Through the years, I've told friends of mine who have come to minister, I said, you know, Brother Donald Douglas is one of the most amazing people. He's brilliant. He's gifted. He's skilled. He's one of those guys that can take a picture, play concert cello, run a marathon, dunk a basketball, and just serve everywhere, but with excellence. <laughs> and with a cheesy smile. <laughs> I 
He's helped a lot of people capture special moments in their life. Christmas concert photos and all kinds of things, and we really appreciate that. Brother DJ, uh, who also goes back to bread and ball a good bit, mentioned making sure there's Gatorade for these guys. He's the last to leave because he cleans up after them. Uh, comes to both services a lot if he knows one of those young men are going to be here. And one of those young men, Quavon Turner, baptized back in April, has been coming to church. He keeps working with those people, those young men, to bring them into the kingdom of God. Not just recently, but for many, many years. You're not old enough for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Sorry. But would you please give Brother Donald a hand for being a tremendous volunteer. Amen. And I might add that on a number of occasions he's shared a perspective with me that I had not seen and I thanked him for that in the first service. He's been a true friend and I appreciate that as well. I want to congratulate another couple. Would you welcome Brother Billy and Sister Vicki Dethridge to the platform right now. First, Sister Vicki is always faithful. Sister Jennifer Austin leads our hospitality ministry for our guest services. She's always willing to help wherever a need arises. She does what she can, Sister Jennifer said with a beautiful smile, to make sure that everything is running smoothie, smoothly. Smoothie would be good right now. By the way, if you go to the ministry small group, uh, you'll get some ice cream, but not a smoothie after a while. Not now, not now. She makes sure our guests are welcome to our church. And the first impression of the people who meet our guests are so very important. Because when they come in here and worship is powerful and the Holy Ghost is moving, sometimes they wonder what in the world is going on here. Those first impression ministries are so very, very important. So thank you for your sweet spirit and your faithful service. Brother DJ Hill, who leads our evangelism ministry, mentioned that Sister Vicki is extremely faithful and so good at guest services. Brother Billy Dethridge serves in a number of ministries, ushering, security, the parking team when needed, the Memorial Day picnic. He makes sure that while we're coming to have a lot of fun and food, that he along with Brother Mike Gornick and their team are parking cars for all of you. He's also taken off, like other men in our church, to go down to our campground during camp meeting, taking time off to help park cars there for the people all over Georgia who come to worship God. Also, by the way, it shows local churches what servant leadership is all about, that we do our best to typify here. Brother Jury, our discipleship pastor, said about Brother uh, Billy Dethridge volunteering his time with the golf carts on Memorial Day, stepping in on Sundays to help uh, Mike Gornick, maybe when they were in a bind at the last minute when something, someone was not able to come here. Took vacation time to help down at the campground. Faithful, dependable, 
leading the ushering team two Sundays a month. And when he comes, he checks with Brother Seche if he's not on duty to make sure that everything is covered and if there's any help needed. I appreciate that high eyes going the second mile. Would you please take a moment to thank again Brother Billy, Sister Vicki Dethridge for years of service and going the second mile. Help Brother Billy now. One more person. Would you please welcome Lauren Scott to the platform right now? Sister Lauren. Now, you heard Lauren sing earlier. I thought you'd like to hear her preach now. <clears throat> no, she could. Lauren serves in many places of ministry. Crowd youth staff member, crowd is our youth ministry. Crowd worship team playing keys, sanctuary choir, small group leader, volunteered at vacation Bible camps, our preaching point at Old Fourth Ward. She's an ambassador in our church. She serves on the New Believer Care Team. She works in guest services. She served in the CHIPS team in the past. Our discipleship pastor, Brother Jury, noted that Lauren's always eager to help in our missing member team to follow up with folks who are maybe drifting away or need a little special attention to reconnect with our church. Ryan Johns noted that she worked with the children's musical and help Sister Kinsey in several projects around our church. She always has a smile on her face, and she's willing to jump in in ministry. But today, Lauren is here for something that was really outstanding that happened just a little while ago uh, while our youth group was at North American Youth Congress. Lauren has been a youth staff member on the crowd, and then recently, she's been on the staff about a year, I believe, uh, multiple areas in youth ministry, but in August, when our youth group went to North American Youth Congress, Lauren went as one of our chaperones. In the middle of the first service on Wednesday night, you think about this, you look forward to this for two years. There's 30, 37,000 people there worshiping God. The general youth president is preaching this message on Wednesday night, and one of the young ladies in our youth group gets very, very ill. She has to leave the service. And Lauren goes out with her to the first aid station. And she stays with her. This young lady's condition is so severe that she's required to go to the hospital by ambulance. And without hesitation, Lauren got in the ambulance, drove to the children's hospital with this young lady, and was there with her. Lauren stayed in the emergency room. And when she would have had an option to come back, she decided that she would stay with this young lady all night long. She worked with the nurses, the doctors, and the students' parents, communicating with them, and was a liaison to Brother Joel while he was taking care of the rest of the youth group. Lauren provided support, snacks, came back to the hotel late in the night, getting some items that were needed, left the hospital the next day after that student was released. 
She met back up with our youth group and was with, was with the students all that day. Lauren went to church that night. And then she went to a late night event that did not end till 2.30 in the morning. That's what you call going the second mile. That's why I'm specifically talking about Lauren's commitment right now. She could have been completely exhausted. I'm sure she was. But she had a smile on her face. She was up all that day, went to church that night, never complained, continued to serve our students with a sweet spirit and a big smile. The crowd in our church is blessed to have an amazing young lady like Lauren serving on our team. Would you thank Lauren Scott and all of our amazing volunteers? Yeah, give them all a hand right now. You may be seated. David, like Daryl Johns, knows what it is like to have amazing people step up to the plate, equip themselves for ministry, be versatile with the servant's heart, and become helpers of the war. Those are the kind of men who came to David, armed with modern equipment, knew how to use it, were willing to serve in any capacity that was needed. But there is a third attribute of those men that is an amazing thing to me that I, as I read this passage, it jumped out at me that they were unlikely volunteers. Many of you know that in Israel in that day, there were 12 tribes of Israel. Each of those family tribes were named after one of the sons of Jacob. David was of the tribe of Judah. Jesus descended from him. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. David was back in his lineage. David was of the tribe of Judah. Insecure King Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. But read verse 2 again in our text that the men who came to help David, this very last phrase, even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin, they were unlikely volunteers. Here's David trying to avoid conflict, trying to keep from being killed, committed to not killing the reigning king, but he needs a lot of help. These men are not disloyal defectors of Saul. But they know that David has been anointed king. They see that David is a man after God's own heart. They feel that David needs help ascending to the throne. So they bring everything they have, and they join David. But in my mind, they are the most unlikely volunteers that could have ever come to help David. And I want to say that about the people in this church, and maybe like you, that there are people who are serving in ministry today, and you look around and you hear 347 people 
And you think, man, they must be perfect people. Maybe they were raised in the church all their lives. Maybe they've been around here for 25 years. But can I tell you that there are people who helped you today, served you today, who were unlikely members of this church. They are unlikely volunteers. Some got in the church young. Some got in the church old. Some saw God break the habits of sin in their life. They were unlikely people that maybe no one would have ever suspected them of even being saved, much less finding their place in the body of Christ you see today I feel like there are a lot of people here that look at the war the need the kingdom of God and you look in the mirror at yourself and you think wow I could never do that nobody needs me what do I bring to the table you're like the one talent man in the Bible who prefers to bury it just to kind of stay out of the limelight and risk investing it what if I try to do something with the little bit that I have and it doesn't go well. Maybe nobody wants me to serve. Maybe, maybe it won't work out. And you've excluded yourself from a place of viable ministry because you just don't really believe that you can do it. I want to assure you today that the people who serve in ministry at this church do not serve in ministry because they are perfect. They do not serve because they're extraordinarily gifted, although many of them are. They don't serve because they've just got a lot of time on their hands of discretionary hours every week. Many of them squeeze margin to find time to serve God and this local church. They don't serve in ministry because they don't have anything else to do. They serve in ministry because they love Jesus Christ. They love this church. They believe in our mission. And they are willing to step up to the plate to equip themselves to be versatile, to be helpers, of the war. They serve with humility. They serve with versatility. And I believe that the people who have raised their hand to say, Lord, if there's anything I can do, Lord, I want to open my heart to you. I want to be involved to make a difference someplace in this church. Between the services, Brother DJ and I were talking briefly. He mentioned to me, you know, about Maybe a saved man's worst place, a worst nightmare, would be like Jonah who ran from his call to ministry and found himself in the belly of a great fish. When Jonah describes where he was, he said, from the, belly, from the depths of hell I cried out. It was like a saved man's hell to be running from God and to be imprisoned by your selfishness. And not doing what you were called and commissioned to do. But today, on this Sunday, I am praying that you would open your heart. That you would say yes to Jesus Christ. That you would sign up for a place to serve Him. Maybe you don't want to be an official part of a ministry of Atlanta West. That's between you and the Lord. But please let me help you understand that you have a gift that God has given you that needs to be deployed for His glory and for your good. You have a place in the body of Christ where you are saved to serve. So what are you doing with the gifts that God is giving you? Would you say yes to the Lord? And would you find some place in this world to make a difference, not just for time, but for eternity. Would you bow your heads right now? And we're going to pray in Jesus' name.
Lord, I thank you for the men and women, for the young people of this church who have caught your spirit, Lord, of serving you by serving your people. And like you said, Lord, in your own words in Matthew 25, that as they have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, they have done it unto me. I thank you, Lord, for every person, Lord, who has broken out of their self-consciousness, their self-centeredness, their inferiority and their insecurity. And they have realized, Lord, it is not because of our ability, but it is our availability to you that positions us to make a difference in someone's life. I pray for that person today, Lord, who feels as insignificant as a little widow woman who brought two pennies to put in the offering plate, but Jesus valued her contribution. I pray for that person today, Lord, who feels like that little boy who only had a little lunch, but Jesus took it, blessed it, break it, and fed the multitudes. I pray for the person, Lord, who was burnt out in ministry, and is reluctant to try again. I pray for the person, Lord, who's struggling with issues in their life, in their life, Lord, and they, they feel that they are unworthy to serve. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would encourage that person to believe again, to connect again, find the place to make a difference for an eternal soul in the context of this local church. Amen. Would you please stand? After we worship a while and pray a while, I know you'll enjoy going back to fellowship and be a part of the small group there. But right now I feel a, a call in my spirit calling to say would you would you just say Jesus I'm making myself available to you and whether it is in the context of volunteering in this local church or somewhere where I can be a light to this world I know one thing Lord I cannot hide my light under a bushel I cannot bury my talent in the earth I've got to release it to you to make a difference for someone would you take a few moments today and join me in this altar? Would you step out from where you are right now? And if you are not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where it begins. Would you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Would you ask the Lord to help you turn your life over to Him? Let's open our hearts to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Would you commit to equipping yourself to serve? Would you become a person who is versatile, serving where you're needed as well as where you're gifted? Maybe you're the unlikely volunteer. Maybe you don't know if you'll be accepted. But why don't you just raise your hand? Why don't you step out and let Jesus Christ know that you're available to Him? Why don't you make up your mind to be a helper of the war that will change the destiny of an eternal soul forever and ever can I have someone who would say Lord make me a helper of the war